Nebraska week is in full swing. We're talking QB advantage. We're talking why you can't sleep on the Huskers. And also, can the offensive line hold it together? Hey, you are no locked happens, on Golden Gophers. No matter what we're going to do here, we're just going to keep rowing. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota uh, Golden out, Gophers. Whatever turns out, we're going to keep rowing. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We're just going to keep rowing, keep rowing, and keep rowing. You are listening to Lockdown Golden Gophers, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Kane Robb, host of the podcast, former collegiate football video coordinator and recruiting assistant here to talk Golden Gophers with you each and every day of the week. And folks, football is back. Thursday. It's almost Thursday already. We are on Tuesday. We are two sleeps away from that Nebraska versus Minnesota game at the Huntington Bank Stadium. I cannot wait. I'm jacked. I'm ready to go. And I hope you are too. Now, today we're breaking down some important things for this matchup, including elements that maybe play in Nebraska's favor and why the Gophers cannot sleep. And I feel like the Gophers themselves aren't sleeping, but some of the fans might be. So don't sleep on Nebraska. There are some factors to be of concern then we're going to break down these quarterbacks because there's a ton of upside in these guys and so what I'm looking for in this matchup we'll talk about that and then finally we'll wrap it up with the offensive line which could be a huge x factor in this matchup so sit back relax hit subscribe so you don't miss any of the content coming this week breaking down this game the keys will happen tomorrow and what the keys are to beat nebraska for minnesota then thursday we're doing a crossover show with host of locked on corn huskers as well so you're going to want to stay tapped in hit subscribe let's do this thing Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Lockdown. Make every moment more. And right now, new customers can bet $5 to get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash Lockdown to get started. Now, Gophers fans. A lot of Gophers fans are continuing to count week one as like an auto win, as an automatic check it off that it's happening. Now, I don't disagree that the Gophers will likely win this game. I have confidence in the team winning this game, but there are elements that make Nebraska more dangerous. They make them a dangerous team and absolutely a team to not be overlooked. Now, the elements that play in Nebraska's favor that the Gophers need to keep at bay need to keep in mind as they get ready to play this game is one the unknown there's a lot of things that the gophers the fans the team the players the coaches they do not know with this nebraska squad now it'll will it be more of the temple style offense that we saw with two tight ends and lots of ground and pound or will it be more of the baylor style offense where we saw some more airing it out some more spreading of the offense will it be bits and elements of the carolina panthers who knows there's a lot of question marks that come into it now I, we all know that matt rule has been on record saying hey we, I was hired because they wanted me to run more of what we saw at Temple. But he can say that all day to try and tee it up and set it up for the fact of, oh, people will start to think we're going to run in these early games. And then, boom, we hit them over the top. Like, who knows? We haven't seen them with a quarterback of this type of athleticism before. How will that play into the factor? Will Eric Gilbert, a tight end weapon, be given the waiver of eligibility? We're two days away and we still don't know that question. Along with Craig McDonald on the Gophers, 
And will that nickel corner get a waiver? They're so come on, NTA, step your game up because I am waiting and I want to know about these elite athletes. Can they get on the field? They should absolutely be ready to play. And this needs to happen like yesterday. So let's make it happen. If you're going to clear one, clear both. Let's do it. Anyways, another element that is of favor to the Nebraska Cornhuskers is the variations of the 3-3-5 defense. Now, Coach Fleck talked about this in his presser on Friday. The unknowns of how Nebraska has built this out could cause problems. Sometimes it might look like three are coming, but five are coming in hot. Sometimes they could present a five-down lineman, but then only four are coming strong and one is dropping back into coverage. In fact, there are a lot of things that you might see that may not be real. Now, I went back and watched the bowl game of Minnesota versus Syracuse and watched at least the first half so I could watch the snaps that Ethan got to see versus a Tony White defense. And you know what? There was one play where they looked like they were sending six. They were sending six defenders coming. We had six people on the line with five linemen and the tight end, and you had the running back in the backfield. So it looked like Minnesota had the advantage when it came to blocking. But then they send the tight end in a route, so that gives you back to six to six. And then with two defenders crossing, they had one guy coming up the middle, two defenders crossing, and those two crossing defenders took two offensive linemen and the running back it took the focus from them, leaving a free runner to eighth and causing a sack. That is what the chaos of the 335 can bring. So it's going to be difficult. And that was with the Syracuse line that didn't have a single defensive lineman over 275 pounds with our big offensive lineman. So it shows how difficult the 335 can be to hold down. Now, yes, you can look at Tony White's previous stops like Syracuse, which the Gophers obviously did because that was their bowl game last year. But like Coach Fleck mentioned, if you would have watched Tampa Bay film when he first went to his Western Michigan head coaching position, you would have been way off when it came to the offense that they're running. So you can't be 100% certain that everything we saw with Syracuse is what's going to come over with Nebraska because Nebraska has more dynamic athletes and the recruiting is better. That could lead to Tony White being able to implement new nuggets, new variations of maybe what he wanted to do at Syracuse but couldn't because he didn't have the right guys to run it but one slight benefit in minnesota's favor for all of this is the fact that they have coach nick monroe who worked with coach tony white over at syracuse he was the safeties and rovers coach he worked all three years at syracuse with tony white now you're talking about the safety and rovers coach which may be the most important asset to the 335 so if there's anybody that knows what tony white would like to do and what he would want to do and have those elements and knowledge of what he had hoped to do it would be nick swag daddy monroe so i'm excited for this matchup i'm excited to see how it all works out in the 335 variations could be a problem, but there is some slight advantages to having Coach Monroe on the staff and able to kind of speak to the different mindsets that White had on that defensive coordinator position. Now, two more things that I want to talk about when it comes to this Nebraska team and why you can't really sleep on them is the talent gap from year one from Temple and Baylor compared to Nebraska. Now, a lot of people are like, oh, look at the records. Nebraska is not going to have a good year because in Matt Rule's first year with Temple, he had like one or two wins. In Matt Rule's first year with Baylor, he had like one or two wins. So Nebraska is going to struggle in year one. He might be good, but they'll struggle. 
hold your horses there. Not so fast. I mentioned in my Nebraska preview a few weeks ago, but just because Matt Rule has struggled or had one or two win teams in his first two stints in college doesn't mean it will be the same in Lincoln. Nebraska is a college staple. They have a massive fan base. They have always garnered recruits and athletes come out to them. It's, it just happens. It does. So you can even see from the prominent P5 transfers from this past year's transfer class that it is not the same as when Rule went to Temple or Baylor. He's got more people ready to come into, ready to jump on board and higher level athletes than he had at either program start. So you can't sleep. And then the final thing is the execution of one score games. Situational football. That's everything for Coach Fleck. It's everything for Coach Rule. That's a similarity they have. Now in 2022, Nebraska had seven one score games where they went two and five. And in 2021, they had eight one score games where they went oh and eight. Now, inept coaching led to a lot of those losses. Those weren't against scrubs. You're talking about two of those losses were to Minnesota. Two of those losses were to Wisconsin. One of them was to Michigan. One of them was to number three, Lincoln Riley-led Oklahoma. Another one was to a Kenneth Walker 11-win Michigan State team. They were losing these games by one score or less, well, three points sometimes, to teams that were very good, very capable. So one thing you hear from Coach Rule in his uh, interviews and his pressers and all of that is that he harped on it from the jump that situational football is everything and how they need to approach it. So although week one is on the road in a Big Ten matchup, this coaching staff will have Nebraska better prepared for those situations if it comes down to it. But a huge thing in this matchup is quarterbacks, and that's what we're going to talk about coming up next, which is slightly ironic because both coaches are known to have heavy run identities. And although there will still be running elements to this game, I think the upside of the quarterbacks is huge in this matchup. And we're going to talk about what that upside is and what the concerns are for both quarterbacks heading into week one. That's what's coming up next. First, this show is brought to you by BetterHelp. Whether you're dealing with decisions around your career, relationships, or anything else, therapy helps you stay connected to what you really want while you navigate life. So you can move forward with confidence and excitement. Now, I personally have been through therapy and I was hesitant at first. I'm not going to lie to you. I was like, uh, I don't know. That doesn't sound like it's for me. I don't want to speak about all my my things going on in my brain. I don't want to I don't want to sit down and have to talk to someone that maybe I don't know that well. But I gave it a try and after a few sessions, I really found myself going, wow, why did I wait on this? Like, this is nice. This would have helped me a lot through some things. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. Let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash college today and you'll get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash college. Now, Gophers fans, and maybe even some Husker fans, thank you for tapping in and listening to today's show. And Gophers fans, thank you for making this your first listen when it comes to Gophers Daily Sports. Now, we're going to keep talking Nebraska all week. Tomorrow, we're going to talk about the keys for Minnesota to win the game and some players that we need to step up for the matchup. Then Thursday, we're going to do a crossover show with the host of Locked on Huskers. And then finally, Friday, 
we'll do an aftermath what happened in the game so be sure to hit subscribe also if you haven't donated to the brokenchairtrophy.com yet you should head on over to that it has been a fantastic competition between the huskers fans and the gophers fans it's a really close one it's been back and forth even through yesterday and we've still got the gophers or locked on gophers drawing to give away a signed mini replica of the chair trophy with Cody Lindenberg, the linebacker from the Gophers, who signed the bottom of the trophy. So if you want a shot at that, head on over to chair trophy or broken trophy.com and give a donation to whichever team you support. We'll do that drawing on Thursday and announce who that winner is uh, via Twitter or via email. So definitely head on over there. You're donating donating to a great cause and you're helping a rivalry matchup before the kickoff even happens. Now let's talk about this quarterback battle. It's a, it's a battle of intrigue. Both of the players have high upside. They're plus athletes, big arms, can run, and have the ability to put up 300 yards in the passing game. Now it's going to come down to who can get their reads right, who can be more accurate in the matchup. Both have struggled with completion percentage over their times as a starter so far at the Division I collegiate level. But it's not always their own fault. Sometimes they've been placed in bad situations. Sometimes they haven't been given the keys to throw the thing around there, sling the rock, and let it happen. So regardless, both players have shown glimpses of putting it all together. Now, when you look at Ethan's close to 2022, you look at a game and a half, the Wisconsin game and the Syracuse game, where they really kind of let him open it up, let him pass the ball, let him not really have to worry about or holding the reins close as far as not letting him be a true quarterback. When they finally did that, he passed for 399 yards, two touchdowns, 86 completion percentage, two big time throws to zero turnover worthy plays and had his quickest time to throw on the year in both matchups. Now, unfortunately, he got hurt in the Syracuse game and didn't get to finish it out. But it was against two solid defenses in Wisconsin and Syracuse, the 29th and 14th rated passing defenses in the country last year. So there were flashes. It was coming together, and you could see the development over the late half of the year as the Gophers coaching staff finally let him throw the ball. But you flip it over to Jeff Sims, and he has had some dazzling moments himself. You look at 2021 versus Pitt, he threw for 72.7% completion with 359 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. Then versus UVA that same year, 61.4 completion percentage, 300 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. And then you look at the true athlete specimen, 2021 versus North Carolina, 76.9% completion, 112 yards passing, and a touchdown, plus 128 yards on the ground, and two or three more touchdowns on the ground. Now, there are moments where it all comes together like those games for Jeff Sims, and you see an athlete and a quarterback with a skill set that's similar to an Anthony Richardson that was an NFL draft darling, and his name shot up the boards in last year's draft, and that is the talent that Jeff Sims has. You can see why Nebraska coveted him and why the fans absolutely adore him. But accuracy and decision-making haven't necessarily been a strong suit for Jeff Sims on most occasions. You look at 2022, he had five big-time throws to 10 turnover-worthy plays in just seven games. Then you look at 2021, eight big-time throws to nine turnover-worthy plays in seven games. And then 2020, he had 11 big-time throws in 19 turnover-worthy plays in 10 games. He's had a tendency to put the ball at risk. In fact, in the 24 games that he has played, 
He has only had five games where he didn't have a single turnover-worthy play in the game. Most games he had multiple, so if he doesn't clean up the decision-making and the risk-taking sometimes at some points, then that could give the advantage to Minnesota in that department to capitalize on turnovers. Now, I've heard Nebraska fans mention, well, Georgia Tech's offense was so bad, so you can't even count that against him. Don't do that. Don't do that. Any fan base can talk about the what-ifs. Gophers fans can talk about Ethan wouldn't have had two interceptions in the garbage time of an Illinois game if his wide receivers didn't give up. Michigan could be like, we would have won the natty if Jim Harbaugh didn't make a mistake in TCU at the early and get cocky, or if Blake Corum didn't get hurt. Iowa could have been like, we would have won the West if we didn't choke versus Nebraska, or if we didn't have Brian Ferentz as our OC. We don't want to do the what-if game. Get it, get it out of here. The truth is everyone is drinking the Kool-Aid on their teams. We just went through seven long months of downtime and no football with no real games, and we all believe the very best of our teams, of our programs, of our players, of the young players that are going to step up, the red shirts and all that, and it's okay to have that belief, but the game is going to come down to the QB play, straight up. The turnover-worthy plays, whether they happen or not. Who capitalizes better? Now, the thing that Nebraska should be worried about in this game is the quick game, which Minnesota has shown success with and with the depth at wide receiver and tight end. If they can get the quick reads off fast and find the openings, find the find the gaps, find the releases in this game, it can be huge because that is a good counter to that 3-3-5 unpredictable blitzing. So if Ethan gets into a rhythm and gets hot, once he starts to do that, that's when you start to see the real special elements to this quarterback and the swagger that he brings. Now, Minnesota didn't give him a lot of opportunities to make that happen last year, but the 3-3-5 defensive system may give him just that with the unknown pressures and the way to counter it being effective and being effective is to give effective reads, quick reads, quick, quick throws in an effective running game. So I think that is the focus for Minnesota and what Nebraska should be worried about. Now, the thing that Minnesota should be worried about is the running ability of Jeff Sims. I'm not sure Minnesota has seen a quarterback with this much ability as a rusher since 2018 versus the Illinois fighting Illini when they had A.J. Bush. Now, A.J. Bush wasn't much of a passer. He wasn't anything to write home about in that department, but he ripped Minnesota a new one with 216 yards passing and two touchdowns through the air and then another 127 rushing yards and two touchdowns on the ground. Now, since then, Minnesota hasn't really faced any quarterbacks of the high rushing upside besides maybe Donovan McCulley, who played in bits and pieces in a rotation for Indiana in 2021, but he also found some success with 68 rush yards on a touchdown. So Minnesota will need to find a way to slow down the quarterback advantage, the quarterback rushing upside of Jeff Sims. This game could come down to who takes better care of the football. And the last three Minnesota versus Huskers games have been a single score game. So it's going to come down to mistake-free football. It's going to come down to the trenches and defense, but the quarterbacks will be everything. If you can take care of the ball and capitalize on that advantage I just highlighted, you probably have the better shot at taking this game. Now we're going to wrap this one up with the Minnesota offensive line and why I think it is going to be an X factor for this 2023 matchup. That is what's coming up next. But first, I want to talk to you about our friends over at FanDuel. 
Now, getting ready for the NFL season and the college football season, you can get ready with FanDuel, who is giving you incredible offers from America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Now, who doesn't like that? $5 is a simple bet to drop down, and you get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. You can use those bonus bets on anything from player props to spreads and so much more. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off of the NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. So you get a discount on your NFL Sunday ticket. You get $200 in bonus bets, and you get an opportunity to win big on the bets that you play. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, Gophers fans, we're wrapping this one up with Minnesota's offensive line and why I believe it is going to be a talking point coming out of this game. It could be the X factor to game one. Now, there's a new outlook with this offensive line. Coach Fleck mentioned in the presser on Friday, it's not just a straight-up starting five. We've seen the battle at left guard and right tackle consistently happening. We didn't see any real signs of who was winning that battle. And then when asked about it, Coach Fleck said there aren't just going to be five starters on the offensive line. In fact, we'll likely see more than five players playing in game one. You can lock three full-time starters in, in my opinion, in Ariante Ursary, who started all year at the left tackle last year. Then you've got Nathan Bo, who's stepping in at center for John Michael Schmitz, who went off to the NFL. And you know what? He has been a very steady, a very sure-handed center right now. He's learned a lot. He's been a fifth-year guy, so I believe he's actually year six guy. He's got a lot of experience and learned a lot from John Michael Schmitz, and he has stepped in seamlessly at the guard and the center positions when players went down over the last couple of years. So Bo will step in at center for sure. And then on most occasions, you see Quinn Carroll in at the right guard. Now, I said most occasions because there are variations where we've seen Quinn Carroll kick back out to right tackle, which he played all of last season. And then they've moved Martez Lewis, or yeah, Martez Lewis into the right guard position at times. So the left guard and the right guard are the main positions of focus, the main questions, and likely where you'll see the rotations and the different bodies in to start. Now, this could be good because it could get some younger guys on the field for opportunities like a Greg Johnson, true freshman who is absolutely thoroughly impressed all of spring and fall camp. But you could also see J.J. Gaudet and Martez Lewis, Tyler Cooper, Carter Shaw. All of these guys were in a battle, and they all bring different body types, different levels of athletes, some better in the run game, others maybe more so in the pass game. So there is a lot of versatility between all of those guys. Now, in game one, that could be an advantage. It could be advantageous for the Gophers because there's no tape out there on it. So it could allow Minnesota to lean into the strengths of those offensive linemen without any tells while also getting some fresh legs onto the field. But long term, as you get to about week four or so, beyond that, there could be some tells. There could be some tells on what types of calls, what type of run styles, what type of pass play is coming based on certain O-line configurations. So eventually, they're probably going to have to narrow this in on some almost full-time starters at the positions. Now, offensive line is my worry on the season on how they handle the pass rush. We've got three new offensive linemen coming in, but we don't really know what it holds, what, what is going to be the strength of this offensive line. Now, if anyone 
that I want to trust in this nation when it comes to the offensive line and developing them, it is Coach Callahan. So that eases my worries a little bit. But Nebraska can be a proving ground for this offensive line, or it can highlight the worry for me. In my breakdowns and rankings of every position in the Big Ten, I had Nebraska at the ninth for interior defensive line within the conference and 14th on the edge. Now, that's not to say that they have no edge rushers whatsoever, but Nebraska lost a lot with Mathis and Nelson, who combined for 65 pressures, nine sacks, and a forced fumble in 2022. Now, it's not to say there's no talent there behind them, but there are a lot of question marks and not a whole lot of experience, hence why Nebraska will look to disguise their coverages in that 3-3-5. Now, how the offensive line can handle the pressure and the unknowns will be pertinent because playing fundamentally sound is huge and it will be everything for this offensive line unit. Now, though Ethan Calicmanis has this capability, he can move, he can run, he can get out of the pocket, he can throw from multiple arm angles, but you're still going to need that protection because if in there if they're in the backfield all day it's going to be a problem. So on my rewatch of the bowl game versus Syracuse with Ethan at quarterback there were some packages where Minnesota ran out an extra tackle in the run game and tried to bully with size. Don't be surprised if we see some of that in this Nebraska matchup especially after you get to the 10 yard and inside in that red zone. Now, I think the 3-3-5 defensive system will get very, we're going to get a very early look from Minnesota on how much Minnesota's quick game will be used this season, allowing the offensive line to hopefully not have to block as long for the different pressures or get confused with the different stunts and the different looks that they give. Hopefully the ball is flying out of Ethan's hand very quickly. You can see strengths maybe from an Elijah Spencer or Daniel Jackson who have a quicker release package off the line of scrimmage. Now, overall, I think that allowing the offensive line to not have as much stress in that passing game is going to be huge. And we know this unit is generally generally really good in the run game under Coach Callahan. So hopefully with Quinn Carroll in at right guard, the run game and the run blocking will be even more advantageous. But it all stems back to if they struggle mightily in week one. We could be in for a long year. There are some questions, and that's what I'm looking at for Nebraska. Now, tomorrow, we are going to talk about the Keys versus Nebraska. Three things to focus on that could be the difference maker in the game, as well as players that we need to step up and players of focus for Nebraska. We'll talk about that and more on tomorrow's show. I hope to see you there. Row the boats, Skyima, go Gophers, and as always, don't forget to subscribe.